This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm J.D. Layton. I'm Emily Mashek. Only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Mashek, and I am joined in studio by my co-host. J.D. Layton. Our lovely reporters. Maximus Hunter. And Allison Tackett. And a very, very special guest today, Father Don Willett. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Welcome. It's a pleasure. Of course. We appreciated you here. And you donated $1 million to CSU to establish a professor of theology position in the College of Liberal Arts. That would be me. All right. Well, what inspired you to establish this position at CSU? How did this all start? Oh, it's probably, I suppose, because I, really, I, I really like working with young people. And it's all my life, because I'm retired now. But uh, when I came to Fort Collins, it was to a little parish show on the west side of campus called St. John the 23rd. Oh, yeah. So it's a campus parish. And so I did 10 years of uh, work there um, chasing after college students. And, and you know, I have, I've dealt a lot with, had a grade school and preschool and then high school kids and never, never thought I'd end up in a college campus, you know, because I'm not an academic kind of guy. I'm not a, you know, very, I'm not really smart, really, but <laughs> so, at any rate, Bishop sent me up here to do this, and so, um, mostly because I guess I did get to get along well with kids, and um, so then I got that in my blood, you know, well, you know, there's more to life than just, than uh, grade school kids and high school kids, and and then how to see, so a lot of kids that I went, I had in uh, Louisville, Colorado, little St. Louis parish, I had a little grade school there. <laughs> and those, some of, I watched some of those kids grow up in my grade school, and then I went through high school, and chased them all the way up here. <laughs> so uh, it was fun to see them grow and mature and, and get their lives together, you know, get a good education. And, and then it was clear that the academic part of uh, formation or the academic of uh, planning and having some sense of finding uh, a niche in the world, you know, in the, in the society, it, uh, it certainly uh, includes spiritual life. Academic world is one thing, but that formation of character and formation of attitude and formation of uh, values and formation of uh, identity and whatever else it takes, then it's, uh, it was a, a fulfillment of that, certainly had to do with the life on a campus university. So uh, that just includes a lot of money to, to ever think of theology as part of the uh, search for wisdom and a search for what it takes to ever put things together, like to have an academic world and all the side of the, uh, the uh, training and experience and and the uh, kind of uh, guidance and formation that it takes to form a career. But then where does one's values and one's desires and one's dreams, one's sense of purpose, you know, also integrate into that uh, academic world? And so uh, that's what theologians do. So I'm, I'm, uh, I found, uh, I, I got to know some of the faculty pretty well and, uh, and some of the administration, and that kind of helped uh, to open the doors and even think about it. And it took years, to tell you the truth. I thought about it. When I, I've been retired seven years. So I thought about it for, uh, you know, how to ever do that. I put some plan together that would work. And uh, while I was still active, 
until uh, uh, and then I became our when I retired. Then it was a matter of uh, getting to get getting a plan together that would have work and negotiating. You know, the big deal, I guess, here was a church-state thing. How to ever reconcile uh, what what's expectations would be, but then what the curriculum would be, and how to ever ever uh, be involved teaching religion on campus uh, in a state institution. You know, but it's a land grant institution, so they're very much user friendly mm-hmm. uh, to uh, suggested uh, having a a, a a curriculum that would work. Kind of going off of that, public universities like CSU do tend to be increasingly secular. Mm -hmm. What would you say to students who may not be used to or are uncomfortable with religious teachings being brought on campus? Oh, I think critical thinking is one thing. Being uh, having having a background enough how to ask good questions, because uh, you know it's it's easy to get fed in a classroom and question, answer, question, answer, get it right, get it wrong, get a grade, get, get graduated, because <laughs> of the, the, the whole process. But how to ever uh, learn how to ask good questions? And that's, it's a science. Uh, any science, you know, all the disciplines, whether it's health care, whether it's in, um, the engineering sciences and whatever it takes to uh, develop a, an expertise in one area, one field area or another, well, there's also an area about how to deal with like such a, a, a simple, not simple, but very simple term, and that's person. What's it take to be somebody anyway? How to grow up and be somebody with a worldview, with a sense of purpose, with a purpose, a sense of a how-to, uh, how to get a guy to get a spouse, you know? A lot of guys, girls and gals come to school looking for a spouse, not just a career. And... Uh, so, but how it's to kind of have the kind of attitude, the kind of values, the kind of identity, the kind of uh, relational skills, the whole business of uh, having uh, the, the deep desire to share life, not just to get get uh, get one's own get's own uh, future figured out, but how to share life with other people, especially a spouse, but how to grow a kid, you know, in family life, how to ever. Uh, have it, other children, you know, to grow children. But I think one of the major questions that I'd like to think raised nowadays is uh, the, the whole the definition of person. When it says how to grow up and be somebody, to be a person, well, how do you define it? And the courts have a terrible time trying to define person. You know, even in the legal world, even uh, uh, corporations are are included in the term of person. So when it comes to tax laws, when it comes to the whole any legal identity, any legal accountability responsibilities and how to put that on paper in a corporate world, well it's it's defined as a person. Well it's a lot of corporate jargon. Yeah. You get a I guess you get a franchise and buy a person, but you know but uh but person, when you think about it, you know, what's it take? And uh so the if there's any, uh, I guess, simple way to go at it, I think it has to do with relationships. The relationships we have with one another, uh, how you spend time, you invest a lot of time and energy in a relationship, it rubs off on you, you know? And you end up uh, being somewhat like, they say, birds of a feather flock together. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that one? 
or uh, water seeks its own level? Well, because relationships we have, we do rub off on one another, and that is a major part of what forms our person. What does it take to be have a sense of, uh, of identity, of uh, what am I good for, and what's life good for, what am I good for, what are you good for? And for the most part, I think our culture is pretty much centered on what's in it for me. And whether it has any relationship or not, it's just a part of chasing after something or say, a person, another another person, to see what's uh, what you can get out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess going off that, would you say that theology for you in an in, in a university sense would be about finding oneself and establishing the the repertoire to be able to have successful relationships and ask critical questions about people and the way they think in an aspect that's not necessarily addressed in the rest yeah. of the university. Yeah, particularly, uh, you know, like I'm a Christian, so how uh, to ever think about the cross has got two dimensions to it. The horizontal piece of it is relationships that we have with one another in community, in family, in school campus life and whatever else, in the dormitories and wherever else we have relationships that are formed in the horizontal plane. But then there's also the vertical aspect and that's the God thing about how to ever dream, I guess, or how to even dare to ask those kind of questions. Who is God anyway? And uh, what kind of God is there anyway? And there's, you know, there's no, no uh, limit to the number of gods around. <laughs> you can bow to whatever. Sometimes an alcoholic anonymous, you know, they call it the, the higher power. Well, whatever your higher power is, I guess, that could be your God. And that's the way AA does it anyway. So there's any variety, you know. Some people bow to drugs; they'll do anything for another another piece of drugs or food. Um, I tend to think that we got five senses, and how we address the needs. There are hungers, you know, like five senses are like uh, how we chase after one thing or another. How do you feed your, your your taster? That's the one you always hear about about food or drink. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Yada yada. So what do you feed it as a hunger? Well, then what do you feed your eyes? What kind of food? And so certainly a lot of guys especially, but the gals now too, end up with, uh, with, that, with porno. Just get addicted to bloody porno. Or maybe it's the football or some kind of sports scene. Can't wait to sit down for 10 hours and watch, <laughs> watch the tube. Or then the ears. You know, what do you listen for? What do you... Where's your ears or what hunger do your ears really have? What do you listen for? And so, like, I'm trying to listen to you guys, you know. Well, what are you really asking me anyway? <laughs> you know, what, or what do, you really, what do you really have in mind? So we have agendas. We've got ulterior motives. We have our own little way of, of uh, going after what we want, what's in it for me. But what do we listen for? And so relationships-wise, how well we dare to listen to one another really allow somebody to speak and not just small talk and not just rap talk and not just you know noise but i want to really know what's on your mind what are you trying to tell me anyway so sometimes you hear about selective hearing or selective eyeballs you know and uh, what have you watched looking for and beyond that then is also then they hold a smeller that's another good one <laughs> you know, depends on what kind of B.O. you got, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it smells good food. And whatever we develop, but it helps our taster and just smell her. And, of course, number five is touch. 
And so a poke in the mouth, huh? well, that's a touch. Not a very good one, carries a lot of trouble. But the whole bit is of a good handshake, a sign of goodwill, a sign of I believe I can trust you with this, some kind of word, you know, or how a uh, touch that has to do with a kissy face and has to do with holding hands and, and marching down the, down the aisle with, uh, with another person say, I want to be with you the rest of my life. Well, that whole thing is of the whole badge of sexuality. What is, how does touch have to do with our own identity as we grow and mature with a sense of identity, but especially with touch, with embrace and with uh, holding hands and, with, uh, and holding one another and we're in trouble. Well, you know, that's beautiful, powerful. And so those five ways that have that, uh, the five senses, I believe, are how relationships then are formed and they become a part of our identity. Depending on who you hang out with and what, how do you feed those five senses and overfeed them, like that's what addictions are all about. When you get too stuffed up full one or the other, you know, get so ca- caught up in just eyeballs or caught up just in smeller or taster. And uh, those relationships. So, But the vertical one is the spiritual aspect. And there it is where we see value, see identity, in person. And so to ever think about God as a person. In Christian tradition, we say there are three persons. Not just one God person, but three of them. Oh, that baffle your mind. But how to ever even dare to think about that? Oh, that it is the persons of God as Father and God, God as Son. And where there is that whole business of how to uh, acknowledge that that personal relationship, so you hear that? Some people say, well, I had a personal conversion or I had a personal experience. And uh, a lot of times uh, people will go sit on a mountaintop and they chug a wine and a little chunk of cheese, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a personal experience. <laughs> but somehow the surroundings of beauty and of the origins of the species and all the rest of the ways we even think about God as creator and so I like that. People say they don't believe in God. I say, well, uh, tell me about your God. Maybe I don't believe him either. <laughs> you know, you got you got some weird thinking about it. You know, your God is really weird to me. So how do I ever think about how a person, God, can be present, you know? In my older age, I'm getting more and more aware of presence, to be present to another person, not just to be an acquaintance or or tolerate this person because they're in my face, but how to be present. And it takes listening. You know, the shrinks all say you got to listen. All the counselors say if you want to really know this person, you really got to listen. So that one sense then that uh, opens our eyes, opens our ears, opens our hearts then as well uh, to relationships then that point then to the source of all this. And um, uh, we call that the God. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we already have a taste of our theology class right <laughs> yeah. here in, in the KCSU studios. I love that. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> well, this next question is going to be a bit of a challenge just for time, but can you kind of tell us a little synopsis or summary of how you found your way to the priesthood throughout your life? Well, it took me 25 years, <laughs> so I was a really slow learner, you know, like, like some rehab in there and, uh, and also some, a lot of variety of uh, experience. Went through several different grade schools and high schools and and uh, three uh, grad school. The last high school was the third one. I was a senior in high school. 
my mother actually asked me if I ever thought about being a priest in a little farm town up in North Dakota, you know. <laughs> and uh, I said, you know, good Lord, no. I never thought about it, but <laughs> I'll give it a try. Sounds kind of interesting. So uh, that was in 1958, a long time ago. And I did nine years in a college and of a high school, you know, finished high schooler and then college. And then I did three years of uh, graduate work. And in 1967, I was actually getting ulcers because uh, a lot of turmoil going on in the Catholic Church right now, you know, with the pedophilia stuff and all the sexual business going on. And so that whole business of war was causing great turmoil, the war and peace uh, debate and, and demonstrations and big, I don't know you guys do get into much history, but American history, but a big, large pieces of cities were burned to the ground, you know, Maryland and Chicago and Los Angeles and and uh, parts of the country that were major turmoil. And I was getting physically getting ulcers because the church was going through that kind of turmoil as well with the Vatican Council uh, trying to bring the Catholic the theology, really, but the rest of the practice into the 20th century. So by the time it got around to addicts get serious about making some vows, like promises, like uh, commitments here, I just, I was getting ulcers. So I quit. First of April, 1967, and I thought, you know, the the uh, the major, most major factor in this whole thing is the Vietnam War, and uh, causing such turmoil. And so I just uh, left, walked out the front door of the seminary, and went down to the post office in Columbus, Ohio, and went through all the recruiters, and the because uh, I wanted to go, I really wanted to go to Vietnam, just see what was going on. This my own. Curiosity, I suppose, but my own sense of uh, cause and effect, whatever ways that it was one major factor to me. So I went to the Air Force and did three tours to Vietnam. That's why I got a full dose of all that. And uh, so you're faced there with destitute people and people who are beat up by war and and the ugliness and the and the anger and the hatred and all the stuff that goes on. The dynamics of relationship that ever bring people to go to war or to fight in a war or to live with the reality of if, if I you know, if, whoever, if I don't shoot, somebody's going to shoot me. <laughs> That's the basic thing. And I was in the Air Force, so it's a little more civilized. But, but I did three tours of that. And, and uh, was engaged once after seminary. That didn't work out. On the way to Vietnam, I said, better not get married now. Better wait till I get back. And I forgot I ever knew this gal. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> well, you know, it took six months to forget yeah. it, but, you know. Gal's over there for a year and a half, that first trip. So. And then I came back, and I, changed. I was the air traffic controller over there, and then switched back over here over to an intelligence service for satellite photography. It was being pretty useful then for intelligence service. Imagery, they forgot the bad guys were up to. With, with some satellite photography, but, uh, you know, drones, and even had drones in those days. If you can imagine that, 7970. So I got engaged again after I came back from Vietnam, and that didn't work out. And uh, ended up in the restaurant business up in Estes Park. And I didn't think I'd ever go back to seminary. But uh, after... Uh, Oh, 15 years, almost, yeah, almost 15 years of just 
jerking around trying to figure out figure out what I was good for. And uh, so I was in Estes Park, a little real estate company, Estes Park Realty, and uh, that was kind of a learning curve, but it was it was fun. And one night I drove my car off a cliff. <laughs> if you ever heard of uh, Edna Cadillac Eldorado and took a flying leap over this curve, Peaceful Valley, if you ever heard of it. It's a dude ranch up there. And uh, over 100 feet over this cliff. Never should have lived through it. And some people in the hayride had heard the crash. And I was below the car when I heard these people hollering. They had to drive up to the top of the hill climbed down to the car and there's one headlight left in the car so uh, I heard this noise and I said god I thought I was gonna I thought I was gonna die and I woke me up checked my neck legs everything worked all right you know <laughs> I was like god I might I'm survived and so that was the beginnings of thinking well did the, did the uh, emergency business at the hospital the doc says you know you have no broken bones no internal damage. Yeah, and all the way to the hospital, I was cussing out my guardian angel. I said, you jerk, you uh, <laughs> was not nice to my guardian angel. But in the meantime, the doc says, well, that, you better be changed your tune. You better be thanking somebody, somebody, some person, that, you're, that you survived this thing. So I got to thinking about it. back to seminary. And I finished off three years then of master's and Theology, theology of all things. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm not exactly an academic guy, but you got to have a degree. Also, <laughs> so at any rate, uh, that took 25 years. Well, it's quite the trip. Yeah, it's been fun. That is absolutely fantastic. You say you just live once, so make the most of it. You, know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you certainly did. Don't play around. <laughs> Definitely. One last um, quick question before we have to let you go. But what would your advice be? to any students or listeners who are currently struggling with their faith or where, what kind of person they're going to be? Mm-hmm. I think uh, my, best, uh, my best thing of advice would be to ask good questions, you know, to have a sense of wonder. One of my favorite words you know, in the English language is to be full of wonder. It's wonderful. Because if you keep asking good questions, one question to another to another, why do things got to be like this or like that? Where is this all coming from anyway? What's the big deal? Who cares anyway? Anybody care? And why me? Why me? We do that when you get in trouble sometimes. But a better question is how to? How to live with the stuff you can't change, like uh, like addictions and uh, a lot of the 12-step programs. But the whole business of wonder, because to be full of wonder it's the beginnings of wisdom. I think it was Aristotle or, or uh, one of those guys, really classical philosophers, the Greeks, that said to be, to, to, the beginnings of wisdom is when you take the time to wonder. And uh, certainly uh, there's some marvelous uh, uh, passages or books in the Bible that have great questions. And they, uh, they certainly have some pretty good answers too. <laughs> uh, I like this. There are three or four books in the, uh, at least the Catholic Bible anyway, that's got, are called the books of wisdom. And they're just short little paraphrase or little uh, uh, small sections. That's not like reading a whole book or a whole uh, chapter or whatever. It's just small little sections that are called wisdom statements. 
and they're good. Yeah, they really do help to ask good questions. But to have a pure sense of wonder and to wonder out loud <laughs> with one another, relationships that are formed, I say, what do you think about this stuff anyway? Where are you, where is it, where, what do you have, what has any value for you anyway? And how did you ever get to this point, to that point? And to listen, listen well, and uh, the, the whole system, sometimes they call it critical thinking, and I would hope that the philosophy department certainly has, uh, Eddie's, Eddie's, I think his name is, uh, Dr. Eddie's uh, teaches that whole philosophy department. Well, you know, some of the best things, that, like logic, I don't see how you can ever get through this world without having some sense of how to, how to sort things out with logical answers, <laughs> maybe logical questions, <laughs> you know, to even come up with good questions, you know. So I think wonder. Wonder. And okay. take notes, count your blessings. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming in today, Father Don Willett. I know that CSU will definitely appreciate the new theology position that we're working on filling right now. So thank you for being here today. Don't go anywhere, listeners, because our very own reporter, Ren Wadsworth, will be covering the Jared Polis visit to CSU after the break. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. You are listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I'm your host, Emily Moshak, joined by my co-host. I'm J.D. Layton. Our reporters. Allison Tackett. Maximus Hunter. And Ray is here, too. He's our sports director. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sports director. Thank sports you very director. much. You looked at me, and I was like, I'm not a reporter. All I'm right. a sports well, director You do here. sports. We'll be hearing from him in a little bit. But in the meantime, Allison has your local news. According to CBS News, the Colorado basketball community is coming together to support a teenager during the battle of his life. Carter, 17, was recently diagnosed with osteosarcoma, a rare bone cancer. The diagnosis would would ruin his dream of playing varsity basketball at the Rocky Mountain High School. But he has so much support throughout his community and even some celebrities. CBS partnered with the Denver Nuggets for the best surprise of his year. While at the hospital... He believed he was just going to a Nuggets game as a regular fan. He didn't know he was going to receive VIP passes from the team and would be escorted courtside for the pregame shoot-around. He, he says, that was awesome just to be able to do that for a while, not to have to think or care about anything. This was, this was very cool. When we were leaving, it all came back, but for some hours, I didn't care. According to Fox News, attackers who killed a man in Colorado may have held up a store in Wyoming and a bank in Utah later the same day, authorities said. The rampage began early Friday in Denver when a man was shot multiple times and the attacker stole his black 2015 Cadillac sedan, police said. The victim was taken to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. His name wasn't released. Two hours later, a black Cadillac was used in an armed robbery at a convention store in Cheyenne, Wyoming, 100 miles north. Cheyenne police said two men robbed the store and one of them fired a handgun twice. No one was injured. Deputies said the men drove away in a black Cadillac with the same Colorado license plate as the car stolen in Denver, and a woman may have been a passenger. Authorities said they do not know what direction the car was headed. The FBI was assisting with the investigation. According to KDVR, a Colorado man has been sentenced to 12 years in prison for the death of his four-month-old son. The Greeley reports Nathan... Let's see... <laughs> Arculetta was sentenced Monday for, for the August 2015 death. He was convinced of child abuse resulting in the death. Over the next week, the boy developed chemical burns to his face, mouth, and gums, as well as an infection from pneumonia and bruises from being pinched by tweezers. He also had broken ribs. 
Sandra Arcoletta said that the baby had a fever, and to reduce symptoms, she used vinegar and potato slices, which burned him. She is sentenced to 24 years, and the mother, Angelica Chavez, is serving eight. Beloved Fort Collins staple, the Aggie Theater is changing ownership, according to press release from the Mishawaka Amphitheater. Owners of the Mishawaka will be taking over the Aggie, according to... According to agreement, they signed on August 14th. The new owners plan to install a new sound system as well as a new paint and a few other cosmetic renovations. The change comes after previous Aggie owner, Scoo Larry, was dealt with problems including liquor license violations at the theater, felt that it was time for a new management. Larry said that he is confident and the new owners will continue to make the Aggie theater as good as it can be. Thank you for listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Thank you, Allison. And up next, our reporter, Ren Wadsworth, covered the governor of Colorado, Jared Polis's visit to CSU last week. And I would like to present the governor of the state of Colorado, the Honorable Jared Polis. Governor Jared Polis spoke with the Associated Students of Colorado State University about lowering student debt. Recently appointed Governor Polis's policy regarding education has always been a main point of his campaign. Some of his main areas of focus were full-day kindergarten, dual and concurrent enrollment, and of course lowering the cost of college tuition. He hopes to decrease the cost of textbooks by offering free license and open source texts which are online versions of textbooks that would be available to students for little to no cost. One student in the audience, Kevin LaRusso, asked Polis why the rate of inflation and the rate of college tuition are rising at different rates. Well, one of the things is that clearly we have a huge issue in this country with student loan debt. I think the largest portion of debt owned in this country is student loan debt. The governor assured the chamber that while interest rates are high and rising, they are still lower than commercial loans. LaRusso additionally asked Polis how the rising cost of tuition was directly related to the government. The governor said he believed tuition continues to rise due to the lack of state funding and reduced voter turnout. And so that is that is why I'm asking him this question because, and this is it was in no way to blame him, but he's the governor of the state, and he himself has said that education costs are one of his top priorities. So these are questions he should be able to answer. Jared Polis not only addressed his agenda regarding lowering college tuition, but also opened the floor to the Senate chamber where issues were presented regarding out-of-state and international students and how this affected financial situations. The governor answered questions on his belief that indigenous peoples deserve a higher education and also brought up his ideal Colorado for all. Uh, but beyond that, you know, we want to acknowledge the heritage of everybody who's made Colorado what it is today. You know, our, my, my focus is Colorado for all. Senator Syed Nakvi spoke about his support of Jared Polis's Colorado for All ideal. That was something that was related to to the students who are here, uh, you know, coming from different states uh, across U.S. and even coming from different countries across the globe. So I think it's really pertinent that he talked about it. I, I wish that he talked more on it. It's it's really necessary, like that we acknowledge and and respect all the different people coming into Colorado. Polis finished the meeting by directly thanking out-of-state and international students who attend CSU. How many of you are from out-of-state? Thank you. Let's give them a round of applause. Uh, and we know it's a sacrifice. We know it's hard. We know you're taking on more student debt. Two other topics brought up by Governor Polis were his efforts to lower the cost of health care and his praise for CSU's progress on renewable energy. This has been Ren Wadsworth, the Rocky Mountain Review.
And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshek, joined in studio by my co-host. Howdy, howdy. That's me, J.D. Layton. Our reporters. Allison Tackett. Oh. Maximus Hunter. And our sports director, Ray Yay. McGowan. There you go. It's going to tell us about some sports. Yes, of course. Uh, as you heard, my name is Ray McGowan. And this is going to be your Rocky Mountain Review sports update. For CSU Golf last Wednesday, the Rams defeated Denver University in a dual matchup in California. They posted a 1 over 289 compared to Denver's 12 over. CSU would then tie for fifth with UT Arlington at the Wyoming Des- Desert Intercollegiate. The Rams golf team is currently ranked 52nd in the nation. CSU track and field continues to impress as seniors Kelsey Bedard and Hunter Powell won individual titles in their respective fields and events at the Rams, as the Rams would later sweep uh, the women's, uh, I can't even talk today, the women's and men's team titles at the 2019 Mountain West Indoor Championship. The Mountain West recognized 22 Rams with all-conference honors earlier today. The tennis team fell in a close matchup against the University of Nebraska 4-3 Saturday. However, they would immediately forget that matchup as they swept North Dakota 7-0 the next day. Moving on to men's basketball, CSU snapped their three-game losing streak against San Jose State on Wednesday with a 91-70 win at San Jose and continued their bounce back with a dominated win on Ag Day against Wyoming 83-48. They will play Boise State tomorrow at 7 in Boise. For the women's basketball team, they did not have the same luck as they fell short in their comeback, losing 78-70 to against San Jose State, and they also lost their board war matchup falling to Wyoming 56-32. The CSU women's team will also play Boise State tomorrow at 7 here in Fort Collins. The CSU women's soccer team also had some news this last week, adding University of Northern Iowa transfer Manny Lesjack. She has earned seven shutouts as well as posting a 8-0-6 career save percentage. Lesjack will be able to compete for Colorado State in her final season of eligibility. The CSU football team also had some changes during the offseason as they added Nick Jones to the coaching staff as co-special teams coordinator as well as the tight ends coach. Jones has been a part of the coaching staff at the University of Georgia, Coastal Carolina University, and Air Force. Moving on to the larger Colorado area, the Colorado Avalanche went 3-1 and this past week with impressive wins versus Winnipeg Jets, Chicago Blackhawks, and then Nashville Predators, ugh, only losing to Florida, oh, ugh, I can't even talk today, my goodness, only losing to the Florida Panthers. The Avs will play the Vancouver Canucks in Denver tomorrow at 7.30. The Denver Nuggets finally returned, to the All-Star, uh, returned after the All-Star break with victories over the Mavericks on Friday and the Clippers on Saturday. They will play Oklahoma City Thunder tonight at 8.30 in Denver. Finally, with baseball spring training starting up, the Colorado Rockies made a big splash today, signing Nolan Arenado to an eight-year, $260 million deal right before he hits free agency next offseason. The contract also includes a three-year opt-out if Nolan wants to after the 2021 season. Arenado is a four-time All-Star, six Golden Glove winner, and led the National League in home runs in three seasons, including last season in 2018. And that is your Rocky Mountain Review sports update. Ray Bravo. I don't know how you do that without passing out. You just keep going and going and going. Like, I would need to take at least like 120 more breaths. Well, I'm a big guy. It's mainly oxygen actually to start up in here. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's, what's a Canuck? A Canuck? It's a Canadian. Yeah. You've never heard the Canucks? No. Oh, man. Get educated. (laughs) <laughs> but like what is it it just means canadian yeah it's like i don't know the 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 the, the terminology here or, or its Canuck, origins a canadian that's wow, the that, definition wow that was easy <laughs> but like Thanks, can Ray. anyone say it or like are you only canadians like is it considered rude 
Oh, so it is direct. Okay. In, in the in the U.S. use, uh, uh, as a noun, it's a Canadian. As an adjective, Canadian. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> sorry if there are any Canadians who were offended by this recent broadcast. But I'm Canadian. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, I am. What? I'm. I'm. I'm part French, which is, you know, half of Canada, so. <laughs> Get out of here, Ray. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, our lovely local music director, Misa Wild, did a music segment on somebody you know, I believe, JD. Yeah, I've, I've met her. It's, uh, it's Haley Lewis and her, uh, on her new stuff. Yeah. She goes by the stage name of Corzine. Yeah, and it's going to be good. And we've got it up here for you on the Rocky Mountain Review. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. You came around again and walked through. Haley Lewis, a local singer-songwriter who performs under the name of Quarantine, released her EP, And There It Is, this January. The EP follows the journey of love through heartache and hopefulness. The song Panic starts the EP out at a smooth pace. With the lyric, I hear your voice in every song I write, telling me no, that doesn't sound right, Corzine immediately paints a picture of a relationship tainted with unsupportiveness and annoyance. She details her internal debate of whether or not to leave the relationship throughout the song. You always need an exit strategy when you're with me. I can't take it no more, no more. The tension in my mind release a piece. Oh, when will I be fine? No, I can't breathe. Oh, why can't I calm down? The song France Avenue highlights Lewis's musical talent with a subtle vibrato and wide vocal range. This powerful ballad portrays uncertainty between two lovers who are slowly growing apart from each other. The lyric, This us doesn't move me anymore, reflects the certainty of a dying relationship, yet the last line of the song emphasizes the inability to easily give up on love. Quote, Am I crazy or are his fingers crossed just like mine? Have I lost it, or should we let them go and intertwine? He's living rent-free in my brain Don't care if that makes me insane I'm not throwing it all away You know it'd be worse if I stayed I don't wanna make a rash decision Summertime Fling stands out with a faster tempo and gravitates toward hopefulness. The upbeat song utilizes a metronomic acoustic guitar and a drum set to create a beachy atmosphere to throw listeners into summertime. The lyrics paint a picture of two people who are intended to have a summer fling. Yet the development of feelings has the protagonist looking for more. Quote, don't need no wedding ring, but maybe this could be more than a summer fling. Lewis's first EP realistically highlights the external and internal battles of a relationship. She effectively portrays the realities of love and how it is a never-ending roller coaster. From the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm Mia Sawaya, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome 
Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I'm your host, Emily Moshak, joined in studio by my co-host. That's me, the the JD of the Layton. That's him. And our other two reporters. Allison Tackett. And Maximus Hunter. That was our local reporter. Not local reporter. She used to be our local reporter. She left us. She this left bird us left, left the nest. Now she's local the music. local music director. Yes, she is Mia our local Sawaya, music director, Mia Sawaya. Who's also written by her mentee, uh, Piper, which I, now I can't remember her last name to save my life. Well... Thanks, Piper. That was a great <laughs> review. And I really, I actually, I dig that song. That is definitely something I think I'm going to be listening to she's later. Pretty, she's pretty swanky. Indeed. Very that. <laughs> now, Max, I believe you have uh, some national news for us. I do. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Hello. My name is Maximus Hunter, and this is your Tuesday national newscast on the Rocky Mountain Review. Foreign tourists are visiting the U.S. less and less frequency frequently, sorry, and only going to a few places according to an analysis by Forbes' Dan Reed. They base this claim on a study performed on five of the top traveling nations in the world that aren't the U.S. China, Japan, Mexico, Britain, and Canada. PGAV, a tourist attraction design company, conducted a wide-scale global tourism survey and found that the global medium favorable view of America was only 49%. Many travelers avoid America due to its high cost, especially when traveling to places other than major tourist attractions. Indeed, most foreign tourists only know Disney World, Disneyland, the Statue of Liberty, the Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls, Hollywood, and Las Vegas, with only 3% of tourism going anywhere else. Other reasons people may avoid traveling here is that they prefer other destinations, they don't do business here for personal reasons, or they do not have access to the country. However, 92% of travelers that visit here say they intend to come back. Dan Reed believes that the United States needs to create more excitement around tourism and new destinations to keep that attitude up about the country and tourism flowing in. Russian state TV has listed its potential hypersonic missile strike targets against the United States in case of nuclear war. Reuters' Andrew Osborne reports that the targets include the Pentagon, Camp David, and several military bases. News presenter Dmitry Kishelov says that the Kremlin is, quote, not threatening anybody, but if such a development were to take place, our response would be instant. Some international relations analysts believe that this move was a case of international goading in order to reopen talks about stabilizing the balance between our two nations after the United States withdrew from the INF, or Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, which which ended the Cold War at the beginning of this month. President Trump alleged that the Kremlin violated the agreement, which was the official reason behind our withdrawal, something the Kremlin denies. When asked for comment, the Kremlin response states they do not interfere with state TV editorial policy. Pew Research Center, a nonpartisan public polling firm, has conducted a new study into the challenges facing teens in the modern day, and the results may surprise you. According to Pew Statistics, in 2018, teen alcohol use was down almost 24% compared to 1991. Only 30.4% of teens drank last year, compared to 22.2% who have used marijuana, which is up from 1991's 13.8%. It's worth keeping in mind that these statistics are not concrete facts, merely mathematical speculation based on the national survey. There's good news, though. Teen pregnancy is shot down. In 1991, 6.18% of women in their teens had children, but in 2018, that number was as low as 2%. According to the data, girls are more likely than boys to to want to go to college, want to be a good student, and feel highly stressed or nervous about school. However, 
boys were more likely than girls to want to make lots of money, to desire to get married, and to want to be famous. There are some issues that stand out in the report. Both teens and parents report that they feel that they do not spend enough time with one another. Teens report commonly feeling bored, anxious, and wishing they had more friends. The real kicker is that 70% of teens say, see anxiety and depression as a major problem among their peers. Michael Cohen, the president's former lawyer, begins a three-day testimony on Wednesday. NBC News claims that a, quote, knowledgeable source informed them that Mr. Cohen will be telling Congress about crimes committed by the president, Donald Trump. The source claims Cohen will be giving evidence of such crimes, financial information on the president, and potentially even the president's tax returns. None of this is confirmed. Fox News anchor Chris Wallace does believe that this testimony could be dangerous for the president, directly contradiction the statement given to the channel by Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the White House press secretary, moments before. Sanders said that, quote, she doesn't think the president has any concerns whatsoever about Michael Cohen, unquote. Wallace points out that Cohen proclaimed himself as Trump's fixer, part of the hearing is public, and he says that Cohen, quote, obviously knows a lot about how Trump does business, unquote. Wallace feels the time of the hearing seems off, as it is scheduled for the same day as the president's summit with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un on nuclear arms. Ohio Representative Jim Jordan believes that this hearing is a waste of time, calling Cohen a, quote, admitted liar. Regardless, the hearing will commence on Wednesday after Cohen meets with an intelligence panel on Tuesday. The hearing will begin with a public session Wednesday and then move behind closed doors for the rest of the three days. Thanks for listening. My name is Maximus Hunter, and this has been your national news on the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU. Stay tuned. Thank you, Max. Now, I believe we have one special segment left in the show today. We're down a drum roll, but... Oh, there we go. <laughs> the reporter's done picked up the slack. It's time for weather. weather. I'm going to rip off my news director hat and put on my meteorological reporting hat. And I'm going to give you the spiel that you've been waiting for all show. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I thought today was pretty darn lovely. It was, it was real nice. It was real comfortable. It wasn't too cold, except for this morning. My beard froze on my bike ride here, mm. which, you know, happens a lot. And it's not that, it's not that surprising. <laughs> But we had a high of nearly 50 degrees. That's pretty swanky. Tomorrow's not going to be quite as nice, but it's not going to be that cold. You know, 40 degrees, cloudy, with a low of 27. And then Thursday. Well, Thursday's going to be pretty nice, too. But you can hear more about that on the review. Yes, we will be back Thursday, so stay tuned for that. Unfortunately, that's it for our show today, but we'd like to thank all of our reporters, Allison Tackett, Maximus Hunter, Ren Wadsworth for her piece, as well as our local music director, Mia Sawaya, for her music segment, our sports director, Ray McGowan, for his little rundown about all things CSU sports, and we would like to thank Father Don Willett for not only donating a million dollars to CSU, but for giving us his time. We really appreciated that. And we want to thank our lovely, lovely listeners for being on the air, sticking with us. And I want to thank you, JD, my coworker. I can never think of a rhyme, but you're a good coworker. And I want to thank you too, Emily, <laughs> for not knowing rhyming words but trying your hardest. Thank you. That warms my heart. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Well, anyway, don't go too far. We'll be back on Thursday at 4. But in the meantime, here is Bucket of Dark Meat by Everett Bird. Only on... Wow, that, that's quite the name. But maybe it'll be a good song. But it's up next here on 90.5. I would strongly recommend staying away from Buckets of Dark Meat. I don't know, but we're playing it. 
So anyway, this has been the Rocky Mountain Review. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Hey.